Hey, this is Aaron Stanford from 12 Monkeys, and you're listening to TV Times 3. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 258. Uh, On this episode, we've got some renewal news, and then we'll be talking about the series premieres of 12 Monkeys and Eye Candy the second season premiere of Helix, the first season finale of The Librarians, and then some recent episodes of Hawaii Five-0 and Marvel's Agent Carter. Plus, we've got uh, some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 258. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Uh, it's Jonathan from the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast at sci-fi-moviepodcast.com. And Mark from the Orphan Black podcast and the Under the Dome podcast from solotalkmedia.com. And uh, thank you both for uh, joining me this week to talk a little TV. Well, thanks for having us, Jason. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, Mark, as I, as I warned him uh, ahead of time, is his first time on uh, TV Times 3, so Yay. I get to, get to know him a little bit more. And so uh, ask you our standard question is... Uh, you know, what types of TV shows or TV shows as a kid or what have you uh, that got you into being a TV fan? And uh, later on, what uh, what sparked your interest in uh, starting to podcast about TV shows? Well, in general, I like all types of TV shows because um, I'm a big sci-fi fantasy geek, but my wife is like the complete opposite of, of me. So if I'm going to watch any TV with her, I have to like just about anything. Um, but if I go back, I, I was a kid in the seventies. So when star Wars late seventies, when star Wars came out, that was a big thing for me. Um, watched the original Battlestar Galactica, uh, every week trying to tune in. Uh, this was before VCRs and, and everything. So trying to catch that every week was something. And, uh, just as life went on, I, I got into Dungeons and Dragons, which really uh, pushed the fantasy side. So I originally started off looking for fantasy shows and then branched into the sci-fi part of it afterwards. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's what I've been looking for. I always look anytime I see anything that looks like it's either on the fantasy side or the sci-fi side, I, I want to check it out. I have to check it out to see. I don't always end up watching them, but I have to check it out. And uh, as far as po- podcasting, um, I was I, I, a couple of years ago. I didn't even know what a podcast was, and I was watching uh, NBC's Revolution. I just watched the pilot episode. So you were one of the four people that were watching the show. I'm one of. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of them too. So I'm just. Uh... No, I, I started. I'd watched the pilot episode of Revolution, and um, I had just updated my iPhone, and that's when the podcast app came out on the iPhone. And I had no idea what a podcast was, so I opened it up, and I didn't know what to look for. So I went to TV, and it just so happened that Golden Spiral Media's The Revolution podcast was the top, like at the top of the list of podcasts to subscribe to. Um, they were in the new and noteworthy. I found out afterwards. At the time, I didn't know what that was, and so I subscribed to their show and started listening to it. And uh, it was funny because one of the hosts, uh, Jeremy, on the show, he kept making fun, uh, kept talking about time travel and how, oh, this would make sense if they, inv- if they introduced time travel. And I kept thinking, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard about this show. So I just had to call in feedback and, and let him know how ridiculous that was. Now, it was just a joke, but um, – and I started calling in feedback and when they – they played my feedback on air. I just instantly got hooked, and, and I called in every week, every week, 
And uh, then what happened was uh, I got into a show called Orphan Black and I looked for a podcast for it and there was nothing. There was no, nobody podcasting about Orphan Black in the first season. So I said, well, why don't I start one? So I contacted Daryl, who runs Golden Spiral Media, and uh, asked for his help in getting me set up and getting me started. And unfortunately, by the time I got everything set up, I was too late to do Orphan Black. So I picked the, first, the next show that was coming on the air, which happened to be Under the Dome, and I did a podcast about it. So... And that's pretty well how I got started. And then I did a season one Orphan Black in review and then followed up in season two in Orphan Black and uh, so forth. So that's how I got my start in podcasting. All right. Sounds good. It's usually, uh, you know, something like that, that uh, you, you come across, you come across something and then you realize, you know, <laughs> this would actually be fun <laughs> to, to do myself. That's kind of how, I mean, that's kind of how I got started originally. Like I was listening to... I was listening to some uh, podcasts and stuff like that, but there wasn't, uh, I mean, there's, there's tons of them now, uh, but there wasn't a lot of non-specific, like a lot, there were a lot of shows about specific TV shows, but there weren't, that were just sort of covering sort of TV on a weekly basis or just, uh, uh, and so that's kind of how, you know, one of the things behind how we got started was, you know, at the time there wasn't a lot of shows like ours. Or at least, you know, a lot of shows that I knew of. You know? mm. <laughs> it's a, and it's a great outlet to uh, exactly to, to, to talk about, uh, especially some of these shows where, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of my friends don't like a lot of the same TV shows like that that I do. So I needed an outlet to to talk about uh, some of these things, and so the you know podcasting ended up being being that thing. Yeah, well, I was the same way because my, my, as I said, my wife doesn't really care for the same shows, although she did watch Orphan Black. And when I decided, like, but she's the type of person that'll watch a show and that's it. She doesn't really want to talk about it afterwards. And I'm the type of person I have to talk about, especially something if it's really intriguing, I have to talk to somebody and I had nobody. So I started this and uh, just started talking to people and uh, it, that's where all the fun came. And then people started communicating back with me. And uh, that's why I just love podcasting now because of that. It gives me an outlet to talk to people who are into the same shows as I am. All right. Well, on that note, uh, let's get into talking about some uh some TV shows, but uh, first up, a couple of news items. One that was, I guess they ju- they announced it last night after the their their last uh, NFL game of the season. CBS and the NFL have renewed Thursday night football uh, for another season, so it looks like we'll get uh, uh, well down here in the states at least. Uh, CBS will have football for the first uh, seven weeks or whatever eight weeks of the season, like they did this year, and. Then it'll switch off to the uh, NFL Network for the second half of the season, which means we'll probably see Big Bang Theory on Monday nights again uh, for, for a little bit. Of, you know, this uh, drives me absolutely crazy because we have we have Friday night football, right? Uh, we have Sunday football, and we have Monday night football, and now we have Thursday night football as well. And when are they going to cover the rest of the days? <laughs> <laughs> everyday football every day and i well, love football yeah. i love nfl football well they end up having i mean sometimes they have uh it's not always some of the it may be some of the lower divisions but sometimes they have thir- you know tuesday night uh college football uh games so you end up with uh there's possibly you know, there's possibly football games on you know throughout the fall tuesday thursday friday saturday sunday 
My good God. Uh, and, and Monday, you know, <laughs> so you, there's only really a, a couple of days that don't have some type of football uh, played during the fall. But uh, I guess it worked well for uh, for CBS. Uh, the, the thing that annoys me is this, uh, like the last few weeks, we've had like new episodes of everything but Big Bang Theory because they already played those episodes. They, they don't have a, a, you know, they played a bunch of episodes on Monday night. Uh, to kick off the season, and then when they came back to Thursday night and finally started, you know, halfway into the fall, started showing actual shows on the night, they're already eight weeks into the season on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so as we've gone along, we get a lot more, uh, you know, repeat episodes of Big Bang Theory, like kicking off the night. Uh, and so it, it makes for, to me, it makes for a weird night of, you know, where you have you lead off with a repeat and then everything else is new. The rest of the night on your channel is kind of odd, but I don't know. I guess it, uh, I guess when, you know, still like 15 million people tune into a repeat of, oh. <laughs> yeah, of big bang theory, I guess it doesn't really, I guess, it, you, you know, you go. Yeah, does that does seem crazy to anybody else that that many people are, are tuning into a repeat. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it stays up there somewhere. I, I think it still stays up there above, you know, in double digit millions for uh even a repeat episode. My wife and daughter are currently in the other room watching Big Bang Theory right now on I don't know what channel. <laughs> TBS or or whatever. It's it, there's always it's always <laughs> on some channel. It's on, it's on somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, well that's the the thing that's about the Big Bang Theory is there's nights where a repeat episode on TBS will rank higher than things airing at the same time on network TV or, or something strange like that. So that's, that's big bang. There is just a, a weird show right now that seems to uh, get the, the largest, uh, you know, group of people that are interested in, in watching it, whether new or, mm -hmm. or old. That's so weird because I am so on the, on the edge of just dropping it all together. <laughs> Well, this season hasn't been as good. That's true. Actually, the last handful of seasons, I think it's been going down. And I think I've just been realizing that they're they're more making fun of geeks instead of, uh, you know, liking us. Mm -hmm. I just haven't cared for this season when they, they made Penny all of a sudden smart. She's not the dumb neighbor that she was before. Now they gave her a smart job. They cut her hair. They, they put, they're putting her in, in corporate style clothing. And uh, I don't know. I just found that it was a lot funnier when Penny didn't understand anything that was going on. You know, I'd like to see Penny just have average intelligence. That's it. Just <laughs> always, be of average intelligence. <laughs> I always thought it would have been interesting if they would have just given her just a just a tiny, just a tiny bit of like success in her acting career type of thing. Like they could have just she finally gets you know kind of a small big break type of thing or something. Instead of going just like a completely different direction with the character, uh, but we're completely digressing. <laughs> and uh, uh, since and but uh, onto uh, you know better news at least uh, at least I think so. Uh, Fox has renewed uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine for a third season, uh, which is one of my favorite comedies right now, and then also Empire and Gotham for uh, second seasons. Well, let me start off by saying that Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I don't think it was a surprise that it got renewed for a second season. The ratings were were pretty strong for it. I was actually more surprised when it got a second season 
because I watched the show and I was like, man, I'm really liking this and it's on Fox, so it's guaranteed to be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Except that right now the bar is so low for what for ratings for a comedy that uh, the number of times – I mean the Mindy Project, while I still – while I like what they've finally gotten to on that show – that's a show that should have been canceled so long ago, ratings wise. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's hugely surprising that that. Uh, so I I think you know once a you know Brooklyn Nine Nine got uh, the Golden Globe uh, for uh, Andy Samberg last you know last year, uh, it was pretty I, you know that was pretty much guaranteed that it that was going to get it uh, a second season, but it's done. It's actually done. Uh, I think better. Uh, overall in on the Sunday night and, you know, in the middle of all the, the animated stuff than it did, you know, trying to uh, play after dads on Tuesday night last season. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, happy to see that one. And uh, not a surprise really to see, you know, Gotham and Empire, uh, especially Empire. I guess that's done really well in a name a show in recent history that's premiered in the second episode the ratings actually went up like that, that's almost unheard of these days yeah good point good point and, and uh, gotham gotham was actually a show i i dumped early on because i in gotham city without batman is that's just like watching a show about smallville but without superman <laughs> <laughs> apparently it got better after episode two i just don't think i can get back into it yeah it's well it has its ups and downs and uh i i find it interesting i i like it but i'm not there's plenty of things like happening on it that i'm sure i'm not getting because i you know uh i don't know all the you know rogues gallery of batman to uh when you when they introduce a new child on the show to know whether that's going to be a bad guy in 20 years uh but i find the setting Interesting, you know, sort of the style of show, you know, sort of it feels old, but also new, uh, this hybrid of what the, you know, what the Gotham City they're telling the story in uh, is. And, uh, but then I'm also not, you know, I, I like, you know, different procedurals and I like one that has sort of an ongoing, you know, background story to it as well. Uh, sometimes they hit too many things like right on the nose. Like they, I, I like it better when I don't necessarily know everything, but there's like too many times for that show. I think that, uh, for the, you know, for the uninitiated, you know, for the non giant Batman fan, they like have to like whack the viewer on the head to let you know that this this is who this person's going to be in the future or something. And I was just like, just let those things come naturally. Like just introduce the characters and if people know, they know. If they don't know, they don't know, you know. And it, it, I think the show would be better. Uh, and then sort of, you know, the people that are big fans of it would get like an, a little extra boost from knowing something, uh, you know, or seeing, you know, sort of an Easter egg type thing yeah. uh, uh, along the way. And that those are the ones that – but for the most part, I I don't know. I enjoy the I enjoy the show. I do too. I, I watch it every week. I enjoy it. Um, I wasn't a Batman reader. I read Marvel comics, like every Marvel comic, but I was not into DC. So I know Batman just from the movies and, and from sto- other stories and that. But 
uh, as far as, as you said, the rogues gallery, I don't really know who's who, and uh, I, but I'm still enjoying the show. I'm just following it more as a procedural. Uh, I'm ignoring the fact that this is a world without Batman. Uh, I know we got young Bruce Wayne in it, but I don't see him as Batman. He's just a little kid that's learning how to do these things. And uh, I'm following it as a procedural with uh, Jim Gordon. So The other problem with doing a prequel show, I think, is that you have a hard time raising the stakes you know where it's going to end up. If you even know Batman tangentially, you know that you know Bruce is going to make it out. Alfred's going to make it out. Jim Gordon's going to make it out. All these characters are going to be alive in 20 years for him to be Batman. So it's very hard to treat them with with any kind of you know stakes raising ability. Like oh well, you got he's going to blow up Gotham. Well we know he's not going to blow up Gotham because Gotham is still around in 20 years. You know what I mean? And anybody new then is immediately put on the chopping block. They're like, well, he's new. Have never heard of him before. He's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, there there is some of that. There's also some of uh, for Gotham being, you know, some of those things. Like you know that uh, certain things are are taking place in the future. So the oddity of it is, is you're watching Gordon try and fight the corruption and the downward spiral. But how many victories is he really going to get? If the place is, you know, if Gotham's finally going to fall into a place that it needs a Batman, yeah, you know, exactly. so, so so you're watching you're watching a character put up the good fight, but you know he's going to lose, you know, like ultimately, <laughs> like because the place has got to get considerably worse before, yeah, you know, something like Batman would come uh, to try and uh, you know clean things up. It's like cheering for that Titanic to make it across the Atlantic. <laughs> All right, that's the news for this week. Only a, only a couple things after uh, the the plethora of news and things from last week, uh, and we'll uh, with that we'll jump into the prime time segment. And uh, first up is uh, Eye Candy, season one, episode one, K three U or I love you, uh, the series premiere. We'll start with the. Uh, since you ended up watching it, uh, John, we'll start with you. What did you... Uh... Well, first, I didn't realize that K3U was I love you until you just mentioned it. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> I, I, I had to look it up. Yeah, I uh, I, had to, you know, I haven't even heard of this series until you mentioned it uh, for, for coming on the show today. And after watching it, I just... I wasn't that impressed. I, I was actually honestly... And I don't know if this is a mix between... Me being tired from coming back from Vegas and the show and the show just actually being boring, but I was just kind of bored for a great deal of it. The sort the story seemed a little trite, and when I thought it was going in, in a very cool direction, like when she looks like she's you know controlling computers with her mind and doing all that stuff with her head, and they put up some some special effects graphics, and I thought, wow, that's a really cool direction if they're going in that way, and then it pulls away and heads straight into mediocrity. Showing that, oh, no, she's just in a chat room and is doing some hacking. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole love story with Ben was a little weird. Like, who gets back together with their ex, who was a cop, that busted her, you know? <laughs> like, that is that is like the worst case of, of I don't know, it's like Stockholm Syndrome, but different. <laughs> you know? And, and that's not to say that the show didn't have cool moments. The cool bits come with the serial killer who's stalking her. And that is terrifying and am I going to watch another one? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I might toss a coin to see if it can really hook me. Otherwise, I'm probably out for this one. How about you, Mark? Well, 
I uh, the the reason I picked up this show is I was just curious. I don't usually watch stuff on uh, MTV, but I was curious because of Victoria Justice. I've got a 15 year old daughter, and she grew up watching Zoe 101 and then uh, Victorious, which was, was had Victoria Justice in it. So I know her as a little kid and as this teenager in this other show. So when I saw the commercial for Eye Candy, I said, "Okay, she's an adult in this. I got I got to see what this is all about." And I had a hard time getting around the fact that she's supposed to be an adult because in my mind, I still see those shows that my daughter watched. And it started off and she had her 16-year-old younger sister. So I'm looking at her saying, okay, her sister's 16 years old. That puts her at, what, 18, 19? Okay, maybe I can buy that. But then all of a sudden, it shifts to three, three years later. So now she's... 21, 22 years old. And I know in real life she is, I, I looked it up, she is 21 years old, but I just don't see her at that age. I still see her as, a, as the young teenager. Um, she's one of those actresses, she doesn't look like she aged. If you look back to Zoe 101, she hasn't changed very much. And back then she was supposed to be 11, 12 or whatever. Um, so that was that. But uh, there was a lot in the show that I kind of just went, really? Um, they, they had a lot of uh, production errors. Uh, stuff like in the beginning of the episode, you never saw there. She had no webcam on her computer until the time where she realizes that this villain is watching her through her webcam. That's the first time a webcam actually shows up on her computer and it's way on the right hand side. But then when she stops it and the next scene, the webcam's in the center of her computer and there's just a lot of discrepancies <laughs> like that. And the scene in the drive through where her sister gets taken there's two cars parked in front of yeah, her. Yeah, that no, bothered no me. cars <laughs> saw this van. And then... Uh, yeah, the other that really bothered me that nobody else would try and do anything or even once she, like, got out of her car and was able to get across the other cars, like, still, like, nobody... Yeah. Nobody gets... Still nobody gets out of their car to, yeah. or anything. That was just... That was bizarre. Yeah, And I was wondering when she finally got out in front of the cars and the van's already pulled away, all of a sudden she turns around and the van almost runs her down. What, did the van do a donut to come back and try to hit her? I th it had already left. So, anyways. Um, I'm also, I'm not used to watching anything. This is the first thing I watch on, on MTV and I don't know if they do this with all their shows, but I was really uh, not liking every time music came on that this bar would pop up at the bottom and tell you what song and what the artist was and, and that sort of thing. So I don't know if that's a norm for MTV shows, but I really didn't like that. Yeah, I'm not, well, I don't, I can't remember if that, that doesn't seem like something I re recall from other other shows and it's uh it's not like they don't use music as a big part of things like you know teen wolf and uh yeah uh, other things but uh i'm not a huge fan of things popping up on on my tv or being on my tv i mean uh, the latest thing that annoyed me was watching the college football championship and on espn and up in the top left corner for the whole game they have national championship between so and so and so and so like you really <laughs> you need to put that in the along with the scoreboard and and other things up else popping up on the the TV. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of things uh, popping up to distract me from the thing that you are. I thought you wanted me to watch. Mm -hmm. it, it's not uh, not big, uh, but yeah, there was. Uh, I think the other thing that was weird for me about this show was it seems to be being told from both the perspective of her and the serial killer. Because mm -hmm. it was we it weirded me out that you were getting like voiceover from 
at times, you know, from the serial killer. Uh, so you were just like, okay, who is the, like, what, what is this show following exactly? That sort of threw me. It, it also, I, I guess you, you sort of going into the show, you know, your, your, your sort of preconceived notions of what these types of shows were going to be that, you know, she's become, you know, this hacker, obviously she got caught, but you also sort of expect her to be, to be better like yeah. and, and to not to be so thrown by somebody that, that also has uh, obviously superior uh, skills than she does. Well, she doesn't show any skills in this show. That was the one, one of the things she, they, they announced, like they promoted the show as she's this computer hacker. But in the thing, what did she do? She called up a screen and somehow, I don't know if she guessed the password for the New York Police Department because uh, she got in there. We, we didn't see her hack. She just called it up and then she was in. Later in the episode, they said, oh, look, she's hacking somebody's phone. But I mean, I wanted to see more of the computer hacking, show what her capabilities, how good is she? Uh, but we didn't see any of that. To me, like they could have left that whole part about her being a hacker. She could have been any girl on uh, the planet that just you know happened to have this app on her phone, and so. Yeah, they kind of. It, but it also, it also felt like just hugely piling on. It's like teenager that lost her mother, and then saw her sister abducted and has never found her. Has gotten into trouble trying to help other people find lost people. Uh, you know, and, and ended up, uh, you know, on probation and then has, ends up losing, you know, the, the quote unquote boyfriend, uh, you know, by the end of the first episode. And you're just like, they're really like, they're really piling on the losses for this, <laughs> this, uh, uh, this young lady. It uh, does sound like an episode that should be on CW, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, like they, they've, they've really piled things on. And I guess uh, going forward, like she's supposed to end up getting hooked up with uh, like the cyber crimes unit of the police department or the FBI or something uh, that uh, helps advance, uh, you know, trying to track uh, the, you know, the, the serial killer. But uh, it, it had a lot of, uh, I don't know, it, it didn't, it had a lot of stuff in it, but I don't know that enough of it sort of connected like you i feel like i should feel way worse for her <laughs> like i don't know or something one of the problems i have with any of like these mtv shows and and you mentioned cw shows and that um like that the one like her ben whatever her boyfriend who is a cop and then there's that other one that she doesn't like who's the detective and these guys like they're no older than she is now i, I don't know much about the police force but at 21, I don't know too many 21, 22-year-olds that are detectives. I mean, you've got to do your time as a beat cop and everything before you can get those promotions. But these shows always have these young, hot people in these roles that really shouldn't be there. Well, the uh, the the unviable part is that there's two of them that are partners. Like, it's like... Sure, you can have one young detective, but usually they would be partnered with somebody more senior because they've they haven't been a detective this long. But all of a sudden, you have uh, two it, what seems to be like somewhere in their twenties cops that are partners. That seems a little that seems a little far fetched, and it, it's also just a, a weird thing in the show. Like when they you know they kill off the boyfriend and they've had all this stuff that you know that somehow this style of show that there's also going to be a, like a romantic component to it. 
and you just go, how is she going to like be open to fall for anybody like anytime soon? I don't know. There was a lot of, uh, uh, there was a lot of questions about the, that, that the show brought up and it just felt, there were too many things I guess that felt weird. I mean, I'll probably watch another one just to see like where it goes. And if that was just sort of, you know, pilot problems, my daughter has it uh, scheduled, so she's going to walk. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious. I, I have to see episode two because I want to know if the cops are going to canvas the area to see if anybody was walking around with this big white mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously, and, uh, and, and a bunch of uh, and a bunch of gear to be able to wire the house uh, for with cameras and uh, carrying a computer and all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff to see. Uh, and as soon as as soon as she got there, I was like, "They're on the roof. <laughs> They're on the roof. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for his clue about the just, stars. They're, just they're, go to the roof. <laughs> they're, they're on the roof. You got there just seconds after he did. <laughs> like, you know, you just sent him there, and you just got there. They they couldn't have gotten like if you didn't see them on your way up, they couldn't have gotten far. But yeah, especially like once you saw him, you're just like." for him to have taken him someplace and then also now be on, uh, you know, set up uh, with video. The guy's mm -hmm. also uh, extremely well off because he seems to be able to just leave thousands of dollars of computer equipment <laughs> at drops, the scene of the crime. He, he drops laptops like they're candy, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. All right. I think that's a, uh, that's a, enough about uh, eye candy. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll move on to the uh, next show on the list, which is uh, uh, Marvel's Agent Carter, uh, Season 1, Episode 3, uh, Time and Tide. And uh, this time we'll start with you, Mark. What did you uh, What do you think of uh, Agent Carter so far, and uh, the third episode in particular? I'm enjoying it. And uh, I, I went in, I wanted to watch this because I'm a big Marvel fan. I, I'm a big fan of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I enjoyed all the movies. But I must say in um, Captain America, the, the whole part with Peggy Carter, and that wasn't my favorite part of the movie. So when I first heard they were going to do an Agent Carter, I kind of went, eh, okay, I'll watch it because it's Marvel, but you know, that, that's it. It's only eight episodes good. I'll watch it, get it over with. But I'm actually quite enjoying it. Um, I'm not used to period stuff, so uh, a lot of that is very different for me. I'm not used to that, that time period and that so it's fun to see the the clothing and the cars and and just the way people are acting and um but i'm i'm really liking the way she's getting around and, and the way she's manipulating uh things to her liking i like the interaction between her and uh and jarvis um and and where they're going with that or whatever they're doing with that i'm just enjoying that uh, but this episode uh i i kind of liked that i was a little disappointed that they actually found all the missing items. I was hoping that was going to prolong, like they were going to prolong that more. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do in the next, if they're just going to find another thing on Howard's list, uh, on Stark's list that was missing and go for it. Because uh, I was really surprised that they actually found all, or actually, no, they did find everything of his. So um, I, I don't know what they're going to do at this point, except now they're hunting down Stark. So, yeah. And, Le and Leviathan, don't forget the, I think the yeah. bigger thing now is them trying to find this Leviathan character that was behind it all. Yes, true. But I thought the I thought the entire season was going to be hunting down these different items that Stark had. Uh, but and with that, I don't know if they they seems to they found everything. So now my question is, well, why did Stark have to go? I forget. He went to Europe somewhere. 
why did he have to go down there? He seemed like he was tracking stuff, but they found the whole the whole lot of it in that ship or in that boat or well at least they sa- they found a bunch of stuff at least it uh, it seemed like you know there may have been other you know something else like the uh, uh the the formula that got out there that uh, that he's you know he's trying to track down i i still think it's uh i still think it's kind of funny that the uh, you you now you sh- you still now have it built on the premise that they're still chasing stark uh because he had somebody break into his own place and store a bunch of his stuff <laughs> on a boat mm-hmm. and while he was trying to 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 sell these things uh or or whatever without you know trying to make it look like it was somebody else uh, is is kind of a a weird thing but uh there's still there's still the element of what is stark really up to uh cuz there's you know there's something that peggy's going to find out uh you know sometime uh, soon as to uh, where she's not getting the whole story it's exactly uh, either, but I'm I'm really overall I'm really enjoying it. I think it's fun. I love the recreation sort of of the time period, the way they talk and all the different scenes. And, I mean, there's certain things that you know, like when a Dot shows up at the boarding house, you know she's. <laughs> You know she's a plant. <laughs> There's something more to her. It could just be because of the actress, uh, and you know that she has. Uh, but then you also think that maybe uh, the waitress could be uh, something in because of her past roles and the type of skills that she has <laughs> that she could play more than just the you know the waitress type character. So there's something else going to happen there. Uh, but that's all. That's all stuff I know just because of who they hired as the actresses. Well, that's it. Are we <laughs> speculating? Like- I am. I'm speculating just purely based on on who they've brought in uh, to play these things. But I think that the dot character is definitely going to be uh, something. That she she was you know too. Uh, I don't know that all of a sudden that the the other person is is gets ejected and this person is instantly in there. It was just too convenient. Yeah, it it uh, it it smacked of that, and then it's also uh, I'm, well, she had an arc on uh, on the what was it? Uh, why am I blanking on the the show, the USA Network show that she was on for a bit with the FBI, and then tracking down the uh, they had the criminal guy working for them. That is completely oh, terrible. Oh, white collar. Yes, that's it. Thank you. No problem. Wow, total brain fart there. Like I could not think. I could think of character names and the whole thing, but I couldn't think of white collar. Yeah, she had a stint on white collar as, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of a rival thief and, and stuff. And uh, then she was also, you know, on Legend of the Seeker, and uh, it just. That just that character just when as soon as I saw that she was on the show, I go, "There's going to be a fight scene between those two at some point." <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those things that's from watching like too much TV that it pops into your head. Do you think she could be a Russian plant leading into like a Cold War scenario? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what exactly, or you know where or why or something, but uh, it de- definitely seemed like some sort of plant uh, to to be near uh, Peggy Carter. Uh, but overall, I'm just really enjoying it, though. Uh, I'm a little bummed that this week is uh, our State of the Union address, so we're not getting in an eight-week, you know, an eight-episode series. We're taking a break after three episodes. So you're ruining it for us Canadians. <laughs> yes, that's right. 
or the State of the Union is that I'm not getting my Peggy Carter this week. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's—I mean, it's not like they could have waited to put it on afterwards, or—and uh, it's not like they could have started it too much earlier uh, with you know Christmas and New Year's and stuff. Uh, but it just—I uh, suppose at least they did—they changed their minds to do a two-part premiere. Otherwise, we would have been only two episodes in by the time we took a first break uh, in the middle of an eight episode uh so series but i am i'm just loving the show though i just it completely sucked me in from the beginning and just uh like i said the recreation of the times and the the fight scenes are are well done you know the interaction between her and jarvis uh you know you found out a little more of his backstory and also showed off more of her skills of being able to figure out things and it's just a, I don't know. It's just a fun, it's just a fun show. I think, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having something that's a uh, fun uh, to watch, but then also has some substance to it. Now, do, do you guys? Uh, I read or I heard somewhere recently that this show is actually takes place a couple of years before the Marvel one shot of Peggy Carter. Had you guys heard that? Yes, I did. I did hear that, and. It's, it seems kind of weird what some of the thoughts are about how the show is going to be moving forward into different seasons. But, yeah, it's supposed to be a few years before that uh, one shot. Yeah. Okay. I thought I read someplace, too, that, that that potentially now with the series that the one shot may not be, like, officially part of, quote, unquote, canon anymore. Okay. Uh, necessarily. So I'm not sure whether if that was just sort of a proof of concept and they finally turned it into a series, or if it's still... Because uh, uh, somebody mentioned that uh, on the when we talked about it previously, is that it kind of bothered them that you're seeing what she's doing and putting up with now, and that a year or two later, she's basically still in the same place. And that there hasn't been any like progression in like those around her valuing what... <laughs> You know, like she's still treated like the secretary. Yeah, that that type of stuff. And so, but I read someplace in one story, but I can't I I can't remember where it was, so I couldn't go back and find it. That maybe, you know, the one shot is not necessarily any longer. You know, really, it's just a thing. Mm. You know, that was uh, that was done. It's not necessarily part of the story, like a proof of concept. Yeah, that they, you know, that they just did it, uh, you know, for fun or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, so that's possible. That's something I'd actually like to find out, like what, uh, what of these, you know, the one or two, like other one shot type things that they've added onto DVDs uh, are actual, are actual things or just extras, uh, you know, type of, type of stuff. Uh, But overall, uh, I think we're all enjoying uh, Agent Carter and, uh, Move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, Hawaii Five O. Uh, we're at season five, episode twelve, uh, not forgotten. And uh, this is a show that I used to watch, but it became a show that uh, I got behind on uh, towards the end of last season, and then uh, the new DVR and stuff didn't get set up to start recording at the beginning of this season, and I just went, eh, whatever. <laughs> and it dropped off, and it sort of dropped off the list for me. But uh, how are you two enjoying? Uh, enjoying? We'll start with you, John. How are you uh, enjoying uh, Hawaii Five O these days? 
Well, I started watching the show kind of out of a, a sense of nostalgia, but I've always enjoyed the show, and especially in the later seasons. Uh, but the one thing I realized when watching this episode is that, like, the characters' personal lives and professional lives are like oil and water. Like, they never mix. They never blend. You know, like, you get these really private moments between the main characters, and then the phone rings, and it's like, hey, we got a dead body. And it's like a switch goes off where, oh, now it's badass time and forget everything else. <laughs> You know, and uh, and the, the, you know, part of this episode that I really actually liked that I I thought was was done really well is how McGarrett handles having his car stolen and and stripped, and he encounters the kid who took and realizes that he's this this homeless kid who's basically stealing to get by, and instead of just throwing him in jail, uh, what he he does what you know as a society we should be doing he addresses the underlying cause of the issue which is his poverty. Uh, he agrees not to press charges, helps him get a job, sets him up to be on kind of a straight and narrow path. You know, and I'm not naive enough to think that's going to work with everybody. It clearly isn't. Uh, but it's good to see that it's it's on TV and that we're, you know, trying to show that, hey, you know, it's he didn't just steal because he's a bad person. He, he stole because he's poor and he needed to. And, you know, we have to fix the underlying cause. And it showed the more compassionate side of the McGarrett character, which we see almost never. True. Although I, I, that whole story, that whole secondary or tertiary story with uh, the kid, I, I hope it comes back in future episodes. Like if we never see that kid again, then this was a waste. There was no point to, for, at least from my point of view, there was no point to that storyline. Um, it didn't do anything for the rest of it. It didn't affect any of the other characters other than McGarrett. Yes, we got to see a little bit of compassion out of him. But if we don't see this kid, like, yeah, he's working at the shrimp truck now. If we don't see him in future episodes and he doesn't get involved in somehow, then this whole thing was pretty well pointless as far as I'm concerned. So just like, like the, the part with Lou and his daughters, we had that little scene at the beginning with her having this the, the, the nightmare and at the end him saying that he's always going to be there for her. That um, Unless they're going to do more with that, like, yes, that was following up stuff that happened in, in the past, but if they don't bring that back again, that again was a scene that wasn't really, it didn't really need to be there. I completely agree. They need to do some follow-up on this. Like like a talk show, you know, like a where are they now? Uh, but we need to see this in maybe another two or three episodes. Even if it's just like a passing mention of, of him or, or showing him and he's, you know, still working at uh, Kamai, Kamai Kona's. Kamai Kona? Is that the shrimp dude's name? Yeah, Kamai Kona. Yeah, yeah Kamai Kona, yeah. Sounds about right. So... <laughs> If he's still working there and he's still on the straight and narrow, maybe he's, you know, they show him helping McGarrett put his car back together after getting all the strip parts back. Uh, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I yeah, think, but I do agree. I think a follow up is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one thing about Hawaii Five Hawaii Five O to me is, is just popcorn entertainment. You turn it on, you don't think much and you just watch it. Cause I was watching this episode and I noticed something and I just got a kick out of it. When they finally go and they get that, uh, the, the killer, they get the old man there. And they take him from the school bus. And I was looking, okay, school, I don't know, where my daughter, they school lets out around 3 o'clock here. Some places it's later. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say school lets out at 5 o'clock there on the island. So they take this <coughs> to custody at 5 o'clock. They put him in this room that they always put all their, their perps in. And they have him handcuffed to this chair. Then they leave and they say, you know, we're going to, we'll be back. Then you see them digging up the, the, um, that place, whatever, for the bodies. 
Or are they looking for the bodies, then digging for the bodies, which would take time. Now that they've got lights everywhere, it's all it's overnight, it's in the middle of the night. They're finally they find the bodies. The next scene they cut to is the sun rising coming up over, and then they show the uh, precinct in daylight. And then it goes to McGarrett going to talk to the kid and about stealing and all this stuff. And it isn't until after that that they come in and they say, okay, we have proof. And then they go back to the room where that guy's still handcuffed to the chair. (laughs) (laughs) They can't hold him for up to 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah, handcuffed to this chair. I mean, The smell alone would be terrible. I agree. (laughs) So anyways, I get a kick out of that sort of thing, but Uh... it's just fun. It's a fun show. You don't think much. And when you do, there's the reason why you shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But Jason, you say you missed it. Your Hawaii Five O is the type of show you can pick it up next episode, and you wouldn't. You'd be right on track. You you don't need to have seen like anybody could pick up this show and just keep going from this point on. And yeah, that, that's true. But it's like once it sort of fell behind, and it just sort of fell out of the rotation with the uh, with stuff where you know, Fridays and Saturdays became well. There's a few other things on on uh, Fridays these days with the uh, you know with Grimm and uh, and stuff and now uh, what we'll be talking about next uh, you know sci-fi actually having some shows on multiple shows on Fridays now uh, that uh, it just you know it just sort of uh, fell out that there's there's other things I could watch besides, you know to, to keep up with other things uh, that. Uh, Sooner or later, there's so much TV these days that sooner or later something has to drop off. Like when something new comes along, because you can't just keep adding things, <laughs> and you know, not enough things that I was watching, you know, sort of canceled or came to an end that you know weren't replaced by other new things already. That there's just been a handful of things that uh, just got so far behind that I just went, eh, and uh, you know. Occasionally, you know, maybe if they, you know, they advertise, you know, some big episode or guest star or something like that, you know, might uh, tune back in to watch. But uh, sort of the same thing happened with Blue Buds, even though that has a little bit more, maybe a slightly more serialization mm-hmm. uh, to it. Uh, but the same thing kind of happened to Blue Buds, but like, uh, uh, you know, sort of a season earlier, just uh, sooner or later, there was so many on the DVR that you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to catch up with that. <laughs> that's what happened to me with uh vampire diaries i was watching that and then i ended up uh something happened with my 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 cable package i changed my cable package and the the channel that i was getting it here i lost that channel and it wasn't till like I, I ended up missing a bunch of episodes until i was able to find it somewhere else and by that point it was like do i really need to go back and, and pick up all these episodes and i realized that you know i didn't really miss watching the show so i just gave yeah, up on that, it. that's that's when uh that's when you realize uh, that's that's become the way these days. It's like you're watching something, and when it continually, like week after week, dr- sort of falls to the bottom of the list of uh, things that you're you know you're catching up on with that week, uh, and pretty soon you have that five, six, seven, and you're just like, yeah, I don't have room for that on the DVR, and I don't have six hours to watch those eight episodes or whatever. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yeah. drop that show. Yeah. It's just a habit. At that point, you're watching it out of habit, not because you really have to watch it. I mean, I always enjoyed Hawaii Five O. I always enjoyed, you know, uh, the stuff between Danny and McGarrett is always funny. But there, there wasn't a. But you sort of got the little tiny bit of serialization that the show does have. 
it just feel it's just they just keep they just like kept stringing you along and pretty soon i was just like you know i actually don't really care (laughs) (laughs) and that's the only thing that's it's like the the thing that was kind of keeping me going (laughs) is like to find out these things you know the that are sort of happening in occasionally in episodes or they tack on at the end of an episode or something. And uh, ultimately you're just like, you, you strang me along too long that now I don't really, I don't really care. But uh... that's funny. Cause you mentioned that whole relationship between Danny and McGarrett and this season, I have been enjoying them the least because <laughs> like, it's funny to, to bicker like an old married couple, right? Uh, and then it's another thing to have to go through therapy, like an old married couple. <laughs> And that's what they're doing now. You know, they actually had an episode where they were, where they were quote unquote in therapy together, mm-hmm. like a couple's therapy thing. And I'm like, Oh my God. And like, I see it more now. And it's just, they talk to each other. Like they've been through therapy and it's all therapists kind of talk. And I'm like, God, this is awful. And this, <laughs> this episode was like the prime example of the awfulness yeah. That that is their relationship now. Well, you're making right. me feel even less bad about dropping it now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're not bickering anymore. Now it's almost like arguing or, or accusing almost at times, and uh, they they do it with a smile on their face. But uh, yeah, I agree with you, John. It's gotten a lot worse over the years. Yep. Okay, that's uh, that's Hawaii Five O, and uh, as I mentioned a second ago, uh, sci-fi is now moved to. Uh, wrestling to Thursday nights, so can uh, open up some more uh, prime time space to show some actual sci-fi programming. And uh, they they kicked off their new series, uh, Twelve Monkeys, uh, which a series season one episode one the pilot played this uh, past uh, Friday. And uh, John, what did uh, what did you think of uh, Twelve Monkeys? Well. <laughs> you know, I've, we did a review for the 12 Monkeys movie on the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, and this is – I'm going to say almost nothing like that movie whatsoever. <laughs> it was it was so much better, actually. I thought it was so much better. I mean it, it looks it, – I mean it's going to be confusing. It's going to be confusing because there's time travel involved, and it might be as confusing as the movie, but I'm enjoying it a lot more. I really like the guy that they got to play Cole, like the Bruce Willis figure. Uh, what's that guy's name? Aaron Stanford? Yes. I really like the way he plays that character out. And I'm excited to see what's coming next and, and where they're going with the series. It's going to be kind of this. It's like they took the movie and said, OK, well, that's the theme we're going to work with. Let's do our own thing. And they're doing it and they're bringing the best, most kind of TV worthy aspects of the movie into the TV realm, and I think they did it really well. How about you, Mark? I, I I really enjoyed it. I I don't know if I saw the movie. Whenever I see clips of it, I kind of think I might have seen it, but if <laughs> I, did, I don't remember a thing about the movie. So I'm I'm going into this blind, and I really really enjoyed it. First of all, I thought the special effects were were very well done. Like just when him sitting on the chair in that uh, whatever they called it, the um, it wasn't splice. Uh, Whatever the terminology, the splintering they, process, splinter project, splinter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With that chair, I, I really enjoyed that. It looks like they put some some a little bit of money into doing that scene, and I I thought that worked out really well. I liked the premise. Uh, I I enjoyed the whole thing with the the watch, like him finding the watch, and, and like the way everything tied in. Um, so I think the writing was was 
really good on this and I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really looking forward to the, uh, the rest of it. But I went into this not knowing, like I couldn't remember anything about the movie. I didn't know the premise. I just knew it was time travel. Um, so, and I was pleasantly, well, I was going to say surprised, but, um, I, I really enjoyed the whole thing and the, uh, the interaction. I like the fact that the doctor, um, was it Riley or Rayleigh or whatever her name was where she sees him and then you find out that she's, she's lost her job because people think she's crazy and, and that she actually follows through and she actually stays at the hospital, a whole, or not the hospital, the, the hotel that he says to meet her at, she stays there like a whole week waiting for him. So um, I thought that was kind of neat. And then uh, the whole thing, and especially the, the little twist where he finally completes his mission, but it doesn't actually solve the problem that they were hoping it would and uh, how that progresses. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the future episodes. And I absolutely love what they did with the creating the paradox with the watches. Mm-hmm. That whole scene was super cool. Yeah. I really like what they what they did with this. Um, I think it works really well as a. You know, as as a TV show, I think they've they've done pretty well with the, you know, the time travel stuff where, you know, they introduce that he's he's met him in the past, but not yet, you know, type of thing where <laughs> the guy that he ends up shooting that those type of things were uh, were interesting. You know, like it's two years later for her, but she's sewing up a, you know, a bullet wound that he just got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for him. Uh, you know those types of uh, uh, those types of things that they've done. I I, I rewatched the the first episode last night because I've seen the first four and I wanted to make sure that I didn't say anything about. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was only talking about stuff that was happening uh, in the first episode. But they do. There's there's some more of that type of stuff to come uh, where they play around with that that time. Uh, you know the time travel aspect of stuff of you know like also in this where he tells her the story that she she sent them on the on the, she sent him on this mission it was you know her voice on the recording but she actually Named mentions him. him by name uh you know and so there there is some some interesting stuff in in it where you just go but with you know with it make you think all weird with you know time travel stuff with uh sooner at some point you know something had to have been first you know it's like you know, <laughs> it's a pre it's a predestination paradox yeah, it's 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 always it's always weird it's like you know you change something but you know like when she gets to that that point she's you know she's met Cole so uh there's a uh, you know but then there's also the uh just the fun stuff like him eating the cheeseburger and he was mm-hmm. like, "What? What is this? A cheeseburger? If I was here, I would eat nothing but. You know, if I lived at this time, I'd eat nothing but cheeseburgers all every day." Uh, I I really like the fact that um, uh, what's his name Goins, the the bad guy, quote unquote bad guy in this. Um, I love the fact when he found out what was going on, it was like, oh. So time travel works. You know, he's working on this machine. He's building the mach- this machine that doesn't work yet. But all of a sudden he looks at him and he, he just clicks in right away. Okay, time travel. Well, you know, there's, there's this. Oh, I haven't told you that? That was back in 1980, whatever. Yeah. You haven't seen, you haven't been there yet. You know, it's like he, he catches on so quick. And I love that part where, you know, this guy was, okay, well, we, we haven't met yet. You'll, you'll meet me back way back then. And I'll tell you about this stuff. And, and that's who you really want to... Anyways, I, I love that, and I, I 
I really like the fact that after this whole the the whole paradox thing with the watches and they're they're on the way out and then he turns around and he hands her back the watches. Oh, here you'll still need this. Um, so I, I thought, <laughs> yeah, it, it it saves our life a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, lines like that are 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 pretty funny. Uh, I think they do a really good job with the with the time travel stuff, and uh, and like I said, seeing a you know a few episodes ahead, I it it looks like they've they obviously sat down and thought through uh, the season of where you know where these things are going to pop up and re pop up, and uh, you know these these roundabout things uh, are going to be and. Yeah, if you go into it expecting sort of like the, uh, you know, the set design and the, you know, the style of the movie, you're not going to get that. Uh, there's also, it, the movie also has the aspect of, is the character, you know, is the character crazy or is he actually from the future? And in the TV show, there's no, uh, you know, there's no precept to that. It's, that's, he's from the future. He's come back to try and stop uh, you know the the the, the pending outbreak that uh, you know that devastates uh, you know the planet, and uh, you know so they've taken out a couple of aspects that are that are some of what make the the movie interesting, but also are things that you know you couldn't do a TV show, you couldn't do more than a couple of episodes of whether he's crazy or this is really happening or not. You know <laughs> you can't do multiple seasons of is this. You know, is this really taking place or not? Uh, that would nobody would stick around for that. You know, it's got to, you know it's, it ends up be having a little bit of a proceduralness uh, to it. You know, because there's going to be, you know, something that he has to complete, or you know, when they find out something, the net, you know, the next step that they're trying to continually go to try and stop. Uh, it also has the interesting premise that at some point, if they actually stop it, he probably ceases to exist. Mm -hmm. you know type of thing and so there's so you know there's a lot of interesting ideas in there of of the you know the mission that uh, uh that he's on and i i just really i just really like what they uh you know what they did with it and i'm uh i'm on board and it sounds like uh, both of you are absolutely I, now tell me um i saturday or, or yesterday whatever um the movie played and i recorded it is it worth me watching the movie have you seen it before? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't remember if I have. <laughs> I think it's worth watching, although I did just spoil a major part of it for you if you haven't you, seen it. <laughs> you did. You know what? I think I think it's worth watching and then head over to my podcast yes, and listen right. to my review of it at scifimoviepodcast.com. Which will uh, – I'll put a link to, to that uh, in the show notes. So anybody that would uh, like to uh, listen to what uh, uh, John and uh, and Rim and the rest of the crew uh, – at Sci-Fi Movie Podcast had to say about uh, 12 Monkeys, the movie. And we'll move on to uh, Helix, which uh, started up its second season, season two, episode one, uh, San Jose. Uh, Mark, this is one that you uh, gave up on uh, early on into, uh, in into season one. I actually made it, I think I had three episodes left when I, f I finally, it was my wife and I were watching it and we were just having a hard time where both of us, you know, there was always something else we wanted to watch and a couple of months had gone by and then finally we said, are we ever going to get to this? And, and we kind of went, no. Nah. So I just deleted the episodes and just never bothered finishing this uh, season one. Awesome. So you got to the probably what might have been the most interesting episodes of the season <laughs> <laughs> and then dropped them off. Outstanding. It's not a great show. 
I swear I don't have I, I kind of have like no clue, like really like what's going on and not in a and not in a good way, like where you sort of have theories or, you know, these types of things where you're you're watching along and, you know, you don't want to know everything that's happening in a show and you but you want to feel like you're going to. And this show sometimes just feels like I just feel lost. Like I I've missed something that, that, that I need to follow along with this show, and uh, you know season two opens with two tracks of timelines. Uh, you're way in the future, and uh, and then also sort of present day uh, with things going on. And I don't know. It didn't. They sort of started expanding out into those type of things in the towards the end of the first season, and you know now they're in a completely different setting. Uh, on on this island, they've run into a uh, a cult uh, that uh, is sort of going to be like the setting now for like was the Arctic Biosystems was last season. But I still don't, I still can't get a, really a grip around like what the overall thing is with the you know the immortal type people or 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 what's going on. And uh, so so John, I asked for your help. Uh, do you have any idea what's going on on Helix? <laughs> well. After the first season, I watched the whole first season. I kind of got an idea what was going on. That there are there are these like immortal people who I thought I thought they were playing it towards that the, that they were vampires, but uh, that was apparently not correct. But there are these weird like immortal people that live like a really long time, and then <laughs> the stuff happens at the end of the end of the first season, and then they seem to jump pretty far ahead in the second season. And actually, I watched the premiere. I watched it today, and I thought, it, like, like when it was coming around, you know, it's going to be that time where it's, you know, it's premiere time. And I'm like, usually, if it's a first show, I'm really, really anticipating. I'm all excited. In this show, I was like, well, I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> it's it's on, <laughs> it's so on. I'll watch it. And I really liked it. Like this episode, I was just. Wow, and I don't want to give away too much of what's happening uh, because my girlfriend's sitting beside me. <laughs> She's about ten minutes into it, so <laughs> I I don't want to spoil too much. But that segue and about halfway into the show, where you realize that it is two separate timeline things, I was like, "Whoa!" That like throws a whole kind of curveball for me. Where you know this, she clearly lives on for another thirty years, and now we don't know what's going to happen to anybody else. You know, I was I was kind of interested at the start of the episode. At by the end of the episode, I'm hooked. I can't wait for the next episode. And one thing I think they do really well, and I really enjoy it, is that they just have the most pleasant music, yes. beside the most horrible visuals. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's it started out with the that that whole, you know, the the do you know the way to San Jose? Yeah, uh, you know, sort of music and. They they've continued on with the, that sort of aspect uh, of it, but yeah, I I I mean they do a pretty solid job of of giving you sort of like twists and turns and so on that aspect. It's kind of interesting, but I still wish I could get a little bit of a hold on really you know, like you never get enough information about these immortals. You just see like at the end of last season. All of a sudden, the one that had just been, I guess, activated, you know, his, you know, his daughter, who was one of the, uh, you know, one of the scientists, 
you know, she gets whatever they whatever it is that they've done, you know, ends up doing to her that uh, it activates her immortalness apparently because her eyes change and and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, you see her like at a table with a whole bunch of people, and uh, and then you know when they come back, I I guess I mean it's sort of an interesting thing that now that there's something out there that's actually making the immortal people sick. And, and maybe it has something to do with, but you're, you're seeing these two timelines. And sometimes when you start seeing, but unlike something like 12 monkeys where there's time travel involved, there's nothing in the future that's, you know, can retrospect, you know, they could come back in effect. And so you're watching, you know, what these people are doing now. And you sort of know that, Whatever happens, 40 years in the future, the immortal people are still going to get sick. It's not like all of a sudden they're going to come to a different conclusion or something. I think this series, this season might be leading up to why they get sick. I think it's like like in Star Wars, if you're watching you know, Return of the Jedi and it's interspersing things in with like something around the start of the rebellion. you know, Like, okay, that's where they started at uh, and then here's where they're ending up and they're showing that at the same time. Yeah, I I don't know. It just was. Uh, I don't, I'll probably. I mean, it's one of those. You know, I'm I'm this many episodes into it. Uh, I'll probably watch you know a couple into this season to see if you know I finally get a f- you know a few more bits of information about what's going on where I don't feel like I'm just uh, uh, lost because there's some of it that I like. You know the 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 twistiness of it. Uh, you know, like you see way in the future, the one doctor is dead. Or at least there's a headstone for him, uh, and but you would think that you know there's a likelihood that he would be dead that far in the future, anyways. M- you know maybe, uh, but then you come back and you see that he's at this you know cult uh, already. You know they they finally you know sh- reveal him at the end, uh, and you know luckily you know his buddies from the CDC have also uh, shown up. They also talk about how he like blew up that building. That you know apparently, uh, or did something. Uh, so I'm I'm sort of interested to see where they go with these timelines. Like how many different timelines are they going to show story at? Uh, it, it's, I hope they stick with two. <laughs> I hope they stick with two. And I agree. I think they need to show us a bit of a bigger picture. Yeah, like I more about like what this immortal group is. I mean, they sort of hinted at it in the end of the you know that there's some sort of society uh, that you know that. They've, you know, either been around for a while or, you know, continue to be, uh, you know, maybe play a hand in things, you know, behind the scenes, uh, you know, obviously set up things like research facilities like Arctic Biosystems, uh, uh, you know, out of the reach of any, you know, sort of government. And uh, and, and so, but you kind of want to know, like, more about that group uh, and maybe seeing that they're getting sick in the future. Maybe you'll find out more about them. I don't know. There's a... Uh, there's some interesting things to it, but I I, I just feel a, a little a little too lost, but not like I said, not in a good way. Like there's there's feeling lost, but feeling like you're going to understand, and then there's just feeling lost. But with that, we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is uh, the Librarians, which played its last two episodes uh, last night, as of this recording, uh, season one, episode nine, and the City of Light, and episode ten, and the Loom of Fate. Mark, we'll start with you. What did what did you think of uh, the librarians and uh, how things uh, ended season one? 
I really enjoyed this show. Um, I found the way it ended, like if we jump right to the finale, I love the finale episode and how they tied in all the stuff from the previous episode. It was kind of like, you know, they put a nice bow around everything that we've seen before and, and brought it all together. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, I find The Librarians is just a very fun show. Um, you know, it's a little whimsical at times. Uh, you, you don't have to... Uh, uh, there's not a lot of serious stuff about it, but it is just it's just very enjoyable to watch. I've been recommending it to left and right to everybody who will listen to me. The the first episode that that aired like they aired the two in a row the and the city of lights it was a, it was a good episode. I, I enjoyed what was happening, although I found it a little predictable. Um, I did figure out early on that uh, that girl, whatever her name was. Um, that she was tied into the whole thing and she was like the anchor and, and that. And uh, I, I knew that she would have to die by the end in order for everything to work out, um, which but that had a nice twist to it that it didn't work out. And, and I actually I really enjoyed that. I, I was expecting just like everything else that they were going to succeed and all the people were going to come back. But uh, I actually really enjoyed the fact that they failed and that the, the people didn't come back. Now, they didn't lose they just failed in their mission and they had that nice little twist that um, Jenkins uh, tells her at the end that, you know, you can have this appointment book and just, you know, they, they, you can't try again for another hundred years. So just put an appointment in and whoever's the librarian at that time will give it another try. So uh, they had that little kind of check mark to, um, to finish it off so that it's not a complete failure. Yeah. Or, or if, uh, you know, they come across something else, you know, before that, True. Uh, you know, that uh, future librarians could go, oh, hey, there's this uh, thing happening in the future that we could maybe speed up uh, type of thing. Yeah, they had uh, – uh, I, I did also like that they kind of – ultimately they got some technology that they were going to need for the finale, but they mm-hmm. they did kind of not fully succeed in the mission. I mean, they did in one sense where ultimately – the what was going on there is no longer going on there you know people aren't being having their bodies taken over and 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 things of that nature but they didn't you know fully save the 87 people but i think it also it also tied in it gave you a little more background on i'm blanking on his name his you know one of the librarians his character and how he had you know oh stone yeah stone had spent had spent so much time close to home Mm -hmm. and uh, hadn't really you know until taking on this job hadn't really uh, seen uh, a lot of the world either that he even though he knows about a lot of it it's all sort of you know book knowledge so uh, that you know that that was an interesting tie-in and then I like the you know I always like when they you know sort of play around with things in in the final episode where they gave you like different versions where things got cut and in you know in this in this timeline type of thing it was this one, you know, one of the other librarians had actually taken the job, mm-hmm. but uh, but Eve had died at the same time, you know, instead of being saved like she was in the in the present uh, or, you know, in the timeline we've been following. Uh, but they gave you like all these different uh, uh, versions of like what might have happened if these people had been like by themselves and taken the job. Uh, also, like gave you a different version of Noah Wiley's character, you know, as not a, as what he would have sort of been like had he not become the, uh, the librarian. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, I think I really liked the, uh, uh, 
was the the Jerry O'Connell uh, cameo at the end being that he you know that uh, he's married to Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, he's married to her, and so you know he ended up with a a cameo as the young version of uh, of Duloc. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was pretty funny, but yeah, I just uh, I I really enjoy the show. While I like some of what sci-fi is sort of doing in their going, they're trying to become the actual sci-fi. They're going for you know deeper, darker shows, and that's fine. But I also like Eureka and Warehouse Thirteen, and so to have a show like The Librarians sort of fills that you know, that niche right now for me of the, you know, the, the sci-fi fantasy, but fun, you know, <laughs> it doesn't always have to be super serious. I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. Cause this, this series for me is, is wonderful. It's like Indiana Jones meets warehouse 13 meets like serialized movies from like the thirties and the forties. Mm-hmm. It's just super fun. And I was anticipating this show. Like I had heard about it and I'd saw the trailer for the show before I even knew that there were TV movies, I had no idea that there were three TV movies that were made before this. And then I found out. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'll watch this. And I watched all three of them in a row. And ever since then, I was just clamor at the bit for this series. And it came out and it was kind of almost exactly what I wanted. But, it, you know, with a little few things thrown in here and there. But it was so good. Uh, the first episode there and the City of the Light, they, they start off thinking, oh, it could be Aliens. I'm so glad it wasn't aliens. <laughs> yeah, I liked at the end. You go, see, I told you, there's no such thing as aliens, right? <laughs> I, aliens isn't what the show's about, and I think the throw them in probably would have been a mistake. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I and I agree with you guys. I think the hero I mean, in the episode is no. Wiley's been fighting plenty of aliens on his other show. He doesn't need to be <laughs> fighting them on this one. And I, I, I think Stone has the. I think Stone has been kind of the the most developed character of the entire series. Uh, this episode, especially. And at the end, he, you know, gathers up, like he meets Mabel, then, she, you know, she dies throughout the episode. And then he gathers up all her pictures and postcards and kind of does the things that she couldn't do. I thought it was touching, if not fleeting. Uh, and the appointment book, like, is anybody else wondering how many appointments were missed before <laughs> Jenkins brought that little thing around? <laughs> By the way, here's this appointment book and uh, you have missed a few. <laughs> And then to the to the second episode there the the loom of fate the the final conclusion holy crap did they ever drop some knowledge bombs on us in this episode <laughs> uh, Duloc is Lancelot and Jenkins is Galahad I like, love holy, yeah these guys have been around for like a thousand years and seeing what the worlds would have been like with each of them as librarian I thought that was really cool really very very cool mm-hmm. uh, but for me the only downside is. The Ezekiel Jones character and the guy who plays him, John Kim, he could bring so much more to the role than he brings now. You know, compare that with like the subtle intricacies that John Larroquette brings to the role of Jenkins. And it's like night and day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, that yeah, he's my least favorite character. on the, Yeah, on I'm, the I'm hoping that they're going to one write him better because I don't think he's written too well now. And then two, he kind of uh, grows a beard. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like anybody who's a fan of Next Generation knows that Riker between season one and season two, uh, season two was a lot better than season one Riker, and the biggest difference was the beard. <laughs> yeah. Well, something mostly because he's just over the course of the season, everybody else seems like they've learned a few things, they've you know changed a little bit, 
or they you know, care yeah, at or, all. Or, or something, <laughs> but like all of the things that they've gone through and he still still kind of by the end feels like he did it because it's still fun, you know, type of thing or whatever. Not mm-hmm. uh, n- not not because he, you know, he's actually had any type of character growth or, or all. I, I did find along the way some of the things funny, like uh, when he had the, uh, you know, the apple and he didn't seem to be any different. And they were like, oh, he's already the worst version of himself. Yes. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff was funny. But that's one character that they do, you know, going into a second season. Uh, they they need to they need some help uh, help there. But the thing I did like about this the first season and the way that it did end is that had the show not, I mean, they haven't. I don't think they they haven't announced like if there's going to be a second season yet. But had it not done well, I think it's done all right. So I, I I would think there's probably there's likely going to be. Uh, a, a second season, but I like that they did it in such a way that had it not, this would be a perfectly fine, like beginning, middle and end type of season that obviously they go on and they, you know, the librarians continue to do stuff just like at the end of one of the movies. Uh, but it sort of gave a complete story for the season. Mm-hmm. I agree. I thought I heard somewhere just within the last day or two that they did uh, renew it for season two. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard that because uh, I was like, "Oh yes, you know, we're going to get another season of it." And uh, but I'll have to double check. Yeah, and I'll have to I'll have to look at that. I haven't seen it it pop up as uh, as as one of those things, but it, it it seemed like it did, you know, ratings wise, it was doing pretty well uh, for them. So it would seem odd to not you know not come back. It seems everybody I've talked to they I, I haven't talk to anybody who didn't like the show and those who liked it really liked it you know you you get some shows where people it's like yeah okay i'm watching it, i'm enjoying it but it just seems everybody that i talk to about the librarians is like oh i love that show so uh if you have any inclination towards the the sci-fi fantasy but like a little comedy and whimsicalness uh you know if you miss things like warehouse 13 and eureka if you like that style of sci-fi, then this is the show right now for you. <laughs> like this is the this is the one that's filling that void. I'm kind of thinking that maybe slightly on that bit uh, that uh, Killjoys coming up on uh, on sci-fi will have a little bit more of a fun side to it. I'm hoping so because I'm podcasting about. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I, I'm just looking up the the uh, renew cancel thing here. There hasn't been any announcement that it's been either renewed or canceled, but it, uh, everybody's speculating that it seems fairly likely that it'll be renewed. It's one of the most uh, well performing shows on TNT. Yeah, I'm seeing the exact same thing. I'm looking it up right now too. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, it would be. It seems to me it'd be uh, shocking that uh, if it. Uh, <laughs> Well, if they do, well, not if, when they do bring it back, I sure hope they give us a, a story with the uh, Ezekiel character uh, giving us his backstory because we uh, we got in the, the second last episode there, we got uh, Stone's backstory. We've gotten Cassandra's backstory kind of peppered in throughout. So we know a little bit about her past and, and her tumor and, and what it was like growing up with her parents and that we've got little bits and pieces. But Ezekiel, other than the fact that we know he's a thief, we really don't know anything about why he became a thief or that. So I really hope we get a... Yeah, a, that, a, that, could a, be, that could be the helpful nature of it. Uh, just uh, some information is like how, what his life was like that he, this is how he ended up. 
you know, mm-hmm. at least you would have some reasoning, you know, sort of for why he's the least favorite character on the show. But uh, with that, uh, we'll end the uh, primetime segment and move on to some recommendations. Uh, first up, uh, John, you've got a you've got a, a few things you wanted to uh, you wanted to mention. I do, I do, and I first should state that I am by no means a huge fan of reality. I'm not a fan of reality television almost whatsoever, but I am going to recommend. I'm glad you couple. said reality television. I thought you were a huge fan of reality in general. <laughs> um, I'm, there's that too, but uh, I'm going to recommend a show called King of the Nerds, especially if you're a geek or a nerd or you know consider yourself one. It, we've we've seen a lot of reality shows where it's you know oh the beauty and the geek and and things like this that don't really celebrate being a nerd. It's just let's put the nerd in an awkward situation and watch them stumble around like we expect nerds to do and you know how it is like revenge of the nerds except without the revenge part you know this show more celebrates the culture of being a nerd or a geek without making fun of it all their uh, all the episodes and all the challenges and everything are based on having a knowledge of geeky and nerdy stuff and i thought like i, I was i just watched it because I was curious about it and then I was immediately hooked and they're coming up to the third season, which starts on Friday. You don't need to watch any back episodes to get caught up. <laughs> you can just start watching at any time and it's, it's just a fun show. Uh, the second reality show I'm going to recommend is the amazing race. And if you're in Canada, the amazing race, Canada, especially, but if you're not, then the U S version will just have to do <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the Canadian version is it goes internationally as well. In the first season, it didn't. But in the second season, they started to branch out to go to other countries just like the, the U.S. version. But in the Amazing Race U.S. version, I find that there's people I really like and there's people I really don't like. And I'm always rooting for the people who are the best people, you know, who have the best personality, who are not super arrogant or or what have you. And I find that the worst people on The Amazing Race Canada are the best people on The Amazing Race US. <laughs> even, the, even the most awful Canadian is still pretty friendly. Uh, <laughs> so if so you can, if you can right watch Amazing Canadian Race Canada. It fits right stereotype right there. It, it really does. <laughs> it really does. That's one thing that we're stereotyped for and it's almost entirely true. So if you have access to watch Amazing Race Canada, watch it. If you don't, Watch the U.S. version because it's still very good. And the the thing I love about it is that nobody votes anybody off of anything. You yeah, just you, came in last. Yeah, you, 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 you actually you came uh, in last and you're eliminated, right? There's no hard feelings. Nobody leaves that show with hard feelings. <laughs> they just – yeah. I was going to ask that uh, about uh, uh, The Amazing Race Canada because when you, when, you when you hear that, The Amazing Race Canada, it just sounds like they're racing around Canada. And in the first season, they did. So they they really did uh, just sort of keep it within Canada the first season, but they they've branched out for subsequent seasons. They have, yeah. They went to Asia and Europe in the as well as Canada in the uh, in the second season. So I'm super excited for the third season, which should be coming up sometime. I'm not sure when. Uh, as for the Amazing Race, I think that starts on the February 25th. So uh, later in February, you can see Amazing Race. Usually Amazing Race Canada premieres after that, so it's probably going to be in the summer. Um, and my last recommendation is for a scripted show called Portlandia. 
And if you haven't seen it, it's a 20-minute kind of sketch comedy thing uh, starring Fred Armisen and oh, – I got to forget her name now uh, – Carrie Brownstein? That sounds right. That sounds right, yeah. The two of them play – most of the characters in the in the show, all different kind of variety of characters, all of it. Sometimes the sketches are recurring, sometimes they're not. But it took me a few episodes to get into it. But once you're into it, you get all the humor. And you don't need to watch any episodes to catch up on it. You can watch the back episodes just for a laugh. But give it two or three episodes and you will get the humor. And it is it can be really, really funny. And if you're... Uh... If you're a sci-fi fan, find the episode where they do a sketch about getting hooked on Battlestar Galactica, and oh then see, my God. see if this is the type of humor for you. That was that was one of my favorite parts of the whole series was the Battlestar Galactica episode. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, I've I've only seen you know like a handful of things. I've seen like the the Battlestar Galactica one and uh, stuff, but it's Portlandia is one that's like continually on, uh, is sort of continually on the list. Uh, of, of things to you know try and catch up with or at least watch some of uh you know the back season like uh, they just started a new season here recently but the back seasons i think are all on netflix uh so you know they're on my queue <laughs> they're they're in my queue of uh of things to remember to try and watch at some point uh, and a friend of mine you know uh, loves the show she she thinks it's uh she thinks it's the greatest but yeah some of the stuff that they do in that is uh some of it is sort of Northwest specific, but some of it just hits on different topics and different uh, uh, ideas that are that are pretty funny. Yeah, it, it's pretty good natured lampooning of, of like a hipster culture. <laughs> All right. And uh, Mark, what are uh, your recommendations? Well, I'm going to recommend a show that's not yet playing <laughs> in the U.S. And that's Broad Church. It's coming back on March 4th in the U.S., but it's started a couple of weeks ago here in Canada. They've aired two episodes so far of season two. I'm talking season two here. And season two is, uh, I'm loving it. Two episodes in, and I think it's so much better than season one. Um, it kind of picks off, picks up a little bit after where season one uh, ended. And uh, it's just really on a roll. I don't want to say anything about it because you guys haven't seen it yet. It's, it's uh, as I said, March 4th. It premieres in the U.S. It premiered in Canada, I think, a few days after the, um, the, the it, it premiered in Great Britain. Um, but I'm really liking that. And if, if, any, if you guys haven't watched it yet, uh, I believe it is on Netflix in the U.S. Or you can find it on some streaming thing. Look at season one. It's only eight episodes. And um, you you really should get caught up on that. If you're somebody who watched Grace Point, I would say you wouldn't have to watch the entire season, but I would say watch like the last two episodes of Broad Church because most yeah. of because if you watch the first seven of Grace Point, you've seen the first seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Broad Church. Watch the last two episodes of Broad Church because that's kind of where the two Grace Point and Broad Church. I was going to say really split but they don't really split but there is a little split there enough to say that the shows are different but um yeah broad church season two is so far to only two episodes in but it's really really good the other show that uh, i would recommend and because i'm a little biased towards it is orphan black that's coming back on april 18th uh it's the show that got me into podcasting as i said in uh, the intro it's the reason I, I decided to start podcasting because i couldn't find a podcast for orphan black 
Um, there are a bunch of them now, but uh, I got that one started. And that's, again, it, they're short seasons. They're only 10 episodes. They're available on all sorts of streaming uh, things. Uh, I think BBC America has them. Uh, I'm not sure if they're on Netflix in the U.S. I know they're not in Canada here. But uh, there are a few other services that do offer Orphan Black. So um, really, really good show. Um, the the lead actress, Tatiana Maslany, does an amazing job playing multiple characters in the show. It's, it's about clones. And it, it's she does such an amazing job that you forget that it's the same actress. Even the actress's mother at one point in an interview said that she was watching one of the characters and all she wanted to do was get back to her daughter. She had forgotten that the character she was watching was actually her daughter. So it's really good. And it's, as I said, season three is coming back on April 18th. And that'll play on, um, well, it plays on space here in Canada and it plays on uh, BBC America in uh, the U.S. And uh, as I mentioned just a little while ago, at some point during the summer, they haven't announced the date yet. Killjoys will be coming out. They just said it'll be released summer. And uh, that's something I'll be podcasting about that as well. So uh, check out Orphan Black Podcast. If you do pick up season one and two, you can find that at solotalkmedia.com. And when the Killjoys comes out, come and join me at, again, solotalkmedia.com. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Killjoys too. That one, uh, you know, it's set in space, but it's got the, uh, you know, they're they're space bounty hunters. I mean, that's the show's got to be fun, right? I mean, it, it just it just sounds like it. Uh, and the little bit I've seen of it seems uh, seems like it 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 could be. Uh, but uh, definitely agree with the broad church. Uh, although I would be interested if you are somebody that uh, watched Grace Point and hadn't seen Broad Church, I'd be interested in you watching Broad Church and and hearing your opinion as to uh, which one you think is better. Broadchurch, but based on uh, it, it, pretty much everybody who's watched Broadchurch and then watched Grace Point thinks Broadchurch is better. Uh, I w- I want to see if somebody that watches it in the other direction comes to the opposite conclusion, or no. if they, uh, or if the things that seem like why it wasn't as good continue to seem like the same way if you watch it first. Uh, that I just think that'd be interesting. I haven't seen either of them yet. And I will I will watch Grace Point first specifically for this, and the other reason is that it was filmed uh, where I'm living right now. <laughs> it was filmed in in Victoria here, and actually a girl I worked with was uh, was an extra on the show. Oh, cool. So I will guarantee I will watch Grace Point first, and then I will watch Broadchurch, and I'll tell you which one's better. Well, there you go. There you I, go. Well, that's the way I watch it. I watched Grace Point. I had heard about Broadchurch, didn't know a thing about it, but I watched Grace Point because Golden Spiral Media was doing a podcast about it. So I decided to to pick it up and follow with their podcast. And I was really, really into Grace Point, trying to figure everything out. Didn't have a clue of anything. Watched all of Grace Point. And then uh, a week or two later, uh, Broadchurch showed up on Netflix here in Canada. So I decided to watch it. And even though they're very, very similar, as you said, the first six or seven episodes are almost, you can almost say they use the same script. But in the end, I liked Broadchurch a lot better than I liked Grace Point, and I saw Grace Point first. I don't know. There's something about the way it's portrayed and the way that it's done that just uh, there it 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 literally lost something in translation, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, and and yet no real translation needed. <laughs> uh, there's you know there's a bunch of shows that are coming out that uh, are you know built off of foreign shows or. Or things of that nature, but there are certain shows that I don't think need to be remade. And something like a Broad Church that you can that already played here uh, is not like something you know. 
didn't hit a huge audience, obviously, on BBC America, but uh, still it was something that was known. It was a known quality, and it's also not in a foreign language that you can't understand, mm-hmm. whereas something like The Bridge, uh, they do a, a U.S. version. You know, you would have to watch the other version with subtitles, uh, you know, because you wouldn't understand what was, you know, what was going on. So it was also something that nobody had ever heard of before over here. So that type of stuff makes sense uh, with those types of translations. But uh, but yeah, Broadchurch, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the second season of that one and definitely looking forward to the third season of Orphan Black. Uh, mm-hmm. Both, uh, as you mentioned, you know, short, uh, easy to catch up with, uh, you know, and uh, and if you haven't jumped on the Orphan Black train, you know, <laughs> what yeah. is your problem? <laughs> I, I just, don't have the t- I don't have a time in the day. That's that's my problem. <laughs> I watch just, like f- I watch fifty shows over the course of of the year, and Orphan Black is on the list, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, Orphan just, Black's one of those shows that once you watch a couple episodes, something else will slip off your list. Yeah, you'll, you'll get <laughs> it's okay. Quick. Justified in Parenthood are ending this year, so I have a couple slots opening up. Uh, just uh, in case people are not aware of it, Killjoys that we've been talking about is actually put out by the same production company that does Orphan Black. That's how I got on board. I actually found out about Killjoys over a year ago. Uh, and I know that because last October I actually had to renew my, my domain, domain name for the Killjoys podcast. Um, so I found out about this over a year ago that um, Temple Street Productions, who does Orphan Black, was going to do Killjoys. So uh, if you're a fan of Orphan Black, you should really check out Killjoys when it comes out. Yeah, Sci-Fi has got a, a lot of stuff in the in production. They've got a lot of stuff coming over the next, uh, you know, this year and next. Uh, should be should be interesting. Uh, that'll uh, that'll do it for. Uh, this episode of the podcast, uh, as always, you can find links uh, to the uh, recommendations that we just made. We'll, we'll have links to various places that you can find those to watch them and uh, you know catch up with them. Also, we'll have links to, to the uh, news stories that we talked about, as well as where you can find uh, John and Mark and uh, their podcasts uh, online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 258. Uh, next week, Amory and Ray will be back with me, and uh, we'll be uh, talking about... TV and uh, what's been going? You know, we're getting a bunch of stuff back this week uh, uh, with uh, you know uh, the Flash and Arrow and uh, uh, the a lot of the the CW shows are returning and stuff. So there should be a uh, uh, plenty of even though we're not getting an Agent Carter this week, there should be plenty of other uh, uh, stuff to talk about in its stead. And uh, with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And John and Mark, uh, once again, thanks for joining me on episode 258. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks, Jason. It was a fun time. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. I go into the outside world at all. It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of...